0: and welcome into the latest Kill Coin Conversation. And this time, we're talking to a former Mizzou two-sport athlete. Trying to remember the last time we've seen somebody like Justin Gage, who played football at Mizzou, played basketball at Mizzou. And think about that resume. Was on the Tigers' Elite Eight run with Quinn Snyder as the coach. He was sort of a super sub off the bench, sixth man, great defense, energy guy. But 2002, when they made it to the Elite Eight... Justin Gage was on that team. And when he was playing football, it was Larry Smith. Then it was Gary Pinkle. So a lot of great Mizzou stories for a guy who played two sports for a number of different coaches. Actually recruited out of high school by Norm Stewart and Kim Anderson to play basketball for Mizzou. He wound up playing both and then ended up in the NFL. Tennessee Titans, Chicago Bears, an eight-year run. At the NFL level, lives in the St. Louis area now, and Justin Gage has decided to get into coaching. He's going to be an assistant coach at CBC High School, coaching the wide receivers. What a great, great land by CBC to get him to be a part of their staff. And Justin Gage with uh, Jeff Fisher, Lovey Smith as his NFL coach. There's a lot to talk about. Looking forward to this conversation. Hopefully, our Mizzou fans will enjoy it as well. The Kilcoid conversation is brought to you by Triad Bank. St. Louis-based bank since 2005, located in Frontenac, and real simple, if you're a small business owner looking to do more business, make sure you check in with the folks at Triad Bank because they're based in St. Louis, started in St. Louis, not calling New York or LA to make those decisions. They're all done right here. Triadbanking.com is the website in person, Clayton Road in Frontenac. Also, Appliance Discounters, four area locations, huge warehouse, huge inventory. You never wait when you want an appliance from Appliance Discounters, and you know you're paying the lowest price. They do the price checking around town, and so when you check the tag, you can see what they're charging and what the big box stores are charging. You're always getting the lowest price. The Appliance discounters.com is the website, or stop by, any of those four locations. And Marie de Villa Senior Living, the finest in senior living on that beautiful campus in West County, right at the corner of Clayton and Wideman Road. MarieDeVilla.com is where you can take a virtual tour. Hey, let's get to it. The Kilcoin Conversation with Justin Gage. Let's start with uh, the CBC job. Tell me about you getting involved in coaching. And, you know, you played football for a long time. Did you ever think, hey, one day I want to be on the sidelines?
1: You know, I've I've always wanted to be on the sidelines, especially with the youth and high school kids. Uh, just knowing the impact that I can have on on those young guys uh, as they prepare to take off in, into whatever venture they they decide to go into next. So at that level, I've always um, you know kind of had an itch for it. Um, the you know with having my two kids, I've always been interested in coaching them, and realized that you know it's hard to turn turned from being a coach to a dad and then from a dad to a coach. So at that stage, it was like, you know, hey, let me let these kids play the sports, learn from somebody else, and just let me be a parent to them, you know, and it it made our relationships better. So um, my kids are at the age now where they're playing competitive sports. They're doing a lot of traveling and things like that. So for me, I had to find something that I was passionate about that I can get after uh, now that they're, you know, big enough to kind of go out and do their own thing.
0: And tell me about CBC and working with Coach Pingle, kind of how that came about, how that opportunity happened. Uh, and people might be surprised, you're living in St. Louis. They're like, wait a minute, it wasn't Justin from Jeff City, the Mizzou guy, he played in Chicago, played in Tennessee. Yeah. Tell us also how you ended up back here.
1: Um, well, also my dad is from East St. Louis, my mom is from Richmond Heights, right? So all our ties are in the St. Louis area, um, and so – uh, even when we lived in Jeff City, growing up in Jeff City, we would spend a lot of time with our family. That's you know mainly down here in the St. Louis area. And then my wife is from St. Peter; she was a, a Francis Howe grad. Um, and so we we knew when football was all done, you know, said and done, we were going to bring the kids back to St. Louis, and this was going to be you know where we raised them. Um, so that that's always been in the works for us. Uh, getting a job with with CBC. Um, my my daughter plays sports with the with a young lady um, and, and her dad is Jim Brockman who works over at CBC uh, and a real great guy. And I've been talking to him for years and years, you know, just, just on a personal level. And, you know, I let him know that if, if ever the opportunity at CBC came up, you know, let me know. And if I don't have anything going, I'd love to come over and help out. And, and fortunate enough, you know, this year uh, they were looking for a receivers coach. And so coach Pingle reached out to me to see if I'd have interest in it. And, you know, and, and the rest is history. Uh, You know, I was I was excited about the opportunities. I'm still am, and and I'm looking forward to to getting over there and, and really getting to um, be a part of these young men's lives.
0: Yeah, it can be very rewarding, but I bet too for a guy who played at a high level, there can be some frustration at times. Uh, Isaac Bruce famously told me the story. He went back to his alma mater. He's coaching the receivers, and one of the kids is young and says yeah well, what do you know about playing receiver <laughs> and, <it's> like, <laughs> and I said, how do you not say google me look up my stats but uh, is it hard at all when you played at a high level to kind of teach kids who are still learning
1: um you know it, it is and it's it's almost kind of rewinding your your brain back and that's that's the thing I'm still trying to figure out uh, myself now but you know realizing that you know over the years you've picked up on so much and you've learned so much that you know, it's hard to break it down to the base level for a young guy that's just now learning this stuff. And that's where the challenge comes. So a lot of times we get excited, we get energetic about it, and we're starting to talk fast. But we're talking, you know, things that we talked about at the the professional level, where everybody understands the terminology, understands what, you know, this means. It's, it's not a foreign language to us. And then trying to explain that to a young kid who's still battling with, you know, math and social studies, science classes, uh, just you know, the the typical everyday struggles of growing up, you know, and then trying to talk to them about, you know, things that you work years and years and years about. I mean, it, there's a big disconnect right there. So it's it's about finding a, a, a level ground that, you know, you can relate to the kids and just kind of build that platform, that foundation for them moving forward.
0: How about a great rivalry brewing now with these old Mizzou guys in the MCC or Steeples over at Desmet's a Mizzou guy Macklin now outside the MCC, but over at Kirkwood. You got there's a lot of and Will Franklin's out of Bashan. I mean, the Mizzou fingerprints yeah. are all around this area.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and that's a beautiful thing. I mean, you get some of these guys that have played at a at a high level and whatnot, and and you know, they're they're moving back to their communities and helping out programs, helping out these young kids who have dreams or passions to one day play at a you know division one or or college level and possibly even go professional or whatnot. So I mean just to have some guys that have been through it and, and you know, are coming back to, to share their knowledge with, with the young generation. I mean, it, it's, it's phenomenal, and that's what it's all about, giving back.
0: All right, so we mentioned, or I mentioned Will Franklin. You and I talked the other day about two sports stars at Mizzou that played basketball and football, and I think DGB talked about it. Franklin, I think Coach Pinkle wouldn't let him do it, but you may be the last guy to do it. We're talking about 20 years ago. Uh, the Mizzou career. Let, let's start with you going there because I thought you went there to be a quarterback coming out of Jeff city, but you did You're recruited by Larry Smith. So tell me the story. You get to Mizzou and you're not a QB. Yes.
1: Yeah, so so I, um, I, I was recruited by Larry Smith um, to play free safety. And so free safety was a position in high school that I really enjoyed, really loved. And I used to watch guys like uh, Atwater and Ronnie Lott, you know, just blowing people up and, you know, I figured, Hey, I'm a tall guy at the time. I want to be that. You know, I want to be like that. Um, and I, I played quarterback in high school also. Um, and so going to, to Mizzou, um, the time I arrived, we had two quarterbacks on roster, which were Kirk Farmer and, and Brad Doherty. And um, I'm sorry, Jim Doherty. And, um, you know, we needed a third quarterback. And so the coaches convinced me to, to play quarterback since I had some quarterbacking experience. Uh, and and so from the from day one when I arrived on campus that's kind of when I moved over to the quarterback position and just uh, you know kind of took off from there.
0: But you end up being a prolific receiver at Mizzou right? Yes sir. So so the free safety from Jeff City ends up being my backup quarterback and then ends up leaving Mizzou as the all-time receptions leader, the single season receptions leader, the single game receptions leader. So how How did all that happen for a guy who was going to play safety and then move to quarterback?
1: Yeah. Well, well, so my my freshman year, I redshirted majority of the year. And then the last three games of the season, I ended up going in and playing and ended up losing a redshirt freshman year. Um, Well, after that season, I joined the basketball team with with Coach Snyder and and crew. Uh, So throughout spring football, I was playing basketball. Um, And then when basketball was over with, I reported back to spring football towards the end of spring football. Well, at that time, our offensive coordinator for my freshman year, Jerry Burnt, had been released and we picked up a guy by the name of Bill Cubitt as our offensive coordinator. And so when I came back over to football, you know, we just had a conversation. It was like, hey, you've been away from the quarterback position for install, you know, instead of trying to catch you up there, do you mind, you know, looking to play receiver or something like that? And, you know, I've kind of watched film on you seen, seeing, you know, that you're really athletic Would you try receiver. And so for me, it was like, you know, don't have to study as much. And uh, can go out there and just kind of react, and I have an idea about how receivers go just based off what I've learned from quarterback. I was like, well, I'll give it a try, um, and and that's kind of where it took it took off from. You know, a couple days in, just the, the competitor that I am, I just went out and competed with guys, and and before you know it, started selling, started finding my little niche, and and the rest is history.
0: So if Bill Cubit doesn't say that, do you wonder maybe I don't have eight years in the NFL? I mean, that's. Do you think you would have ended up in the NFL if that hadn't happened?
1: Um, you know, it's it's tough to say, I, and I really don't have an answer. Um, I, I think if if Bill Cubit doesn't say that, I don't think I played basketball from Mizzou for for three seasons. So I think there's more focus on football. You know, in the sense of being a quarterback, you've got to be there uh, for your team. You know, you're the brains of the operation, um, and so I, I feel like I wouldn't have played basketball, and then just putting all that focus in on football. Uh, I, I think there's a possibility that I could, ex- could have excelled at the quarterback position.
0: So you go to Quinn Snyder, right? He's new, and you say, listen, I know I'm a football guy, but I'd really love to play some ball here. I mean, he'd obviously played at Jeff City, right? Play ball. Correct. So what, what, what did you have to sell Quinn on the idea?
1: Uh, I did not. So um, coming out of high school, Kim Anderson and Norm Stewart were recruiting me pretty heavy. Uh, and, and then, you know, we ended up picking up Quinn Snyder after my senior year in basketball, And Quinn didn't know much about me, but he knew a lot about Kareem Rush, all right? And so Kareem's the guy I kind of grew up playing AAU basketball with and whatnot. Um, Well, that year, we did an all-star game um, down in Springfield, Missouri, or something like that. And I played against Kareem, and Quinn Snyder and some scouts were in the stands for that game. And I ended up having, you know, having an opportunity to guard Kareem and and did a great job, ended up being the MVP of the game. And so after that game, Quinn knew that I was a guy that, had played football, had played basketball, and I was looking to play both sports in college. Uh, and he under, he understood that if I came to Mizzou, I would be on a football scholarship. So for basketball, he'd still have available scholarships but have an additional player. And so for him, it was like a no-brainer. Hey, if you want to play basketball, you have an open invitation.
0: And people don't realize, younger Mizzou fans now, when Quinn got there, he was sort of a rock star hire. That was, you know, the hot shot from Duke. Yeah. The young guy replacing the old guy—he was the opposite of Norm Stewart. And what what was that like for you guys with Quinn stepping into that program?
1: Oh, it, it was it was great. I mean, the, the knowledge he brought to to the game for us, and just being able to teach it and, and uh, you know deliver a message to us was great. And at the same time, being a young guy, uh, you know, t- to our generation, he just seemed like the real cool guy. You know, the long hair in uh, the wind guy, and you know, just real fun, but, but a brainiac. Studied under Mike Krzyzewski and really understood the game, uh, really understood concepts and to way to deliver it. I mean, for us, it was, it was bigger than just having a coach, but it was just having a knowledgeable adult who could, could relate, relate to us.
0: And a lot of talent in that couple of year window where you were around with Arthur Johnson, Kareem Rush, and Ricky Paulding, Ricky Clemens, and then you had Clarence Gilbert, and Keon might have been there for a year with you. And I guess it culminated with 2002. You guys were probably under didn't have a great Big 12 record, but made that run to the Elite Eight. It's hard to believe that Mizzou's never been to a Final Four. When you look back at that run there, was there any moment you thought, oh, my God, we're going to do it. We're, we're going to get this program to a Final Four.
1: Yeah, I, I think it was all the way up until the, the moment we lost to uh, our, our Oklahoma in the Elite Eight. Uh, we, we played them a couple times that year. So we, we felt like we really understood, uh, what was going on there. Uh, we had, you know, the thought process of how to stop them. Uh, we came up, we came up short, but the one thing we, we had learned and especially my three years is each year we got better as a team. We saw the growth, we saw, you know, um, our product getting better. So we knew it was just a matter of time that, you know, before we get to that final four, possibly playing a championship
0: you keep up at all? Have you talked to him? I mean, things ended poorly at Mizzou, but talk about building your resume back up, and now here he is coaching in the All-Star Game, and NBA Coach of the Year candidate. Uh, former players at all from that era still keep in touch at all with Quinn?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I, they are. And, you know, one of the guys I talk to uh, periodically is, is Keon Dooling, and I know he's, uh, you know, out there with the, with the Utah Jazz, working with those guys. Um, there was a couple other players that I, I still talk – to through social media and whatnot, um, just haven't seen face-to-face or anything like that. But, yeah, we, we definitely try to keep the, the relationship strong. Uh, Brian Grower and Johnny Parker are some guys that live around the city here, and so I run into those guys a lot and still stay in contact with them. So uh, those relationships we built in college are, are, you know, lasting forever.
0: And back to our conversation with Justin Gage. First, a word about one of our great sponsors, and that is Appliance Discounters. They're well aware of all of the cannots that the other appliance guys are always telling you about when you need an appliance right away. Well, Appliance Discounters has a way to make your life easier. Offering a full in-stock 40,000 square foot warehouse. It's full of GE appliances. Times are difficult enough. Why wait two to three months for that appliance when you can get it in just a couple of days? Lowest price, GE rebates, great service, and in-stock only at Appliance Discounters. Shop any of their showrooms or online at TheApplianceDiscounters.com As always, our savings are your savings. So, Justin Gage was at Mizzou at some interesting times between, you know, Norm Stewart leaving, having recruited you in high school, and then Quinn Snyder comes in, and then Gary Pinkle comes in after you had been there, I guess, for about two years. What was your your blink on Pinkle when he arrived?
1: It's it's funny you ask that. Um, So, I I been with Larry Smith for my first two years of football and then Coach Pinkle came in. So when Coach Pinkle came in, he brought more of a, um, how do we say, more of a um, disciplinary attitude to the program, which is something that we definitely needed. Uh, But when you're dealing with a group of guys that have kind of had it their way, you know, it's hard to convince us that, hey, your discipline ways aren't going to work for us. You know, so there was, there was that head bumping, but understanding what he was trying to get, you know, into us, getting skilled into us and building the program was something that was like at the time when it first started, we didn't understand it. I didn't understand it. But as it started, you know, maturing, and we started getting into seasons and seeing how we performed better, how we became closer as a team. I started really understanding it. And so for me, it was like, man, I wonder what it would have been like if I would have had an opportunity to be there with him for four years, you know, versus, you know, just the two and just being able to approach the, the game and and the way that he's preparing us to approach it you know it was just a light and day difference and so um I mean at at first it was a rocky start um but after I kind of got a feel for what it was he was looking for I mean it was beautiful and it it was almost like I wanted to try to find an extra year just to stay there and, and be a part of the program.
0: It's funny. He became kind of a softy later in his. I'm like, who is this guy crying on senior day? And I said, he used to be such a badass when he first arrived. And he kind of he he warmed up over the years, didn't he? Yeah.
1: yeah, and he did. And and I think I think it was more so he got to the point where he, you know, to have a successful program, you've got to have leaders on the team, right? And that was one of his big things. As a senior class, it's your last opportunity, your last chance. So you have to be leaders. And so I I think he really built the program up to where. You know, when freshmen were coming in, they were learning so much from the seniors that by the time they became seniors, they controlled the program. You know, they made sure guys were being responsible, being accountable, working hard. So for the coaching staff, it gave them an opportunity to lighten up a little bit, you know, and and that's how you build successful programs.
0: Well, Brad Smith comes in and I don't know that it changed everything, but him going there was monumental for Mizzou and kind of getting that thing turned around, but you became a favorite target as well, right? I mean, I said it earlier, you left there with 200 receptions, which at the time was the most in Mizzou football history. I think Chase Kaufman's got you since. Maybe Martin Rucker, all these tight ends caught all those balls. And then Denario Alexander had a monster season, but you left there in the record books as one of the top receivers. And I think your single game still stands, 16 receptions, if I'm not mistaken.
1: 16, yeah, 16 receptions uh, twice.
0: Twice. Okay, so that still stands. How aware of it were you when those guys passed you up on on your record books?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, I I was aware because that was an exciting time for Mizzou football, just watching those guys. And so uh, seeing seeing that happen was like, you know, it was a great feeling because, I mean, it's a great feeling in the sense that, you know, you don't want your records to be broken. But at the same time, when they're being broken, that means, you know, good things are happening with the program, right? And so for me, it was like, I don't care if the records get broken. If it's going to build Missouri up, if it's going to put Mizzou on the map, on the on the national level football map, then I'm all for it. And so for me, it was it was an exciting uh, opportunity.
0: And then you get drafted fifth round by the Bears as a receiver. What would you have said back then would be success? Like, what would you have been okay with? Like, I tell you later, hey, you had an eight-year run. The Titans signed you a nice deal as a free eight. What, what was your bar going in?
1: What was your expectation? Uh, my expectation was – you know, try to make it through your rookie year, try to make it through your rookie year, uh, have success, um, do whatever you can to be on the roster going into your second year and, and not getting cut. And as much as that was my, my goal for my first year, that goal didn't start until I made the roster my rookie year. You know, before that it was just learn, the, learn the game, learn the system as fast as you can and put yourself in position to make the roster as a rookie. Uh, and, and, at that point in time, it was like if I can get, you know, three years out of the NFL, then then I've achieved with more than than average player. You know, the average player achieves in the NFL, which is two years. I believe the average lifespan is just over two years. So, um, was I looking at eight years? No, um, I was looking at you know if I can get one year in and and at least three, then I've I've became successful.
0: And then Lovey Smith came in. I think after you got there, right? He, he yes,
1: showed so- up. So Lovey Smith came in going into my second year. One of my second years. My rookie year was uh Dick Duron. And then uh, we had a losing season that year. And then Lovey Smith came in. And,
0: and what was what was, I know uh Lovey's not an offensive-minded guy, but what was your relationship with him like?
1: Uh it, it was strange at first, you know, and, and a lot of it was just being young and not understanding the NFL as a concept. You know, I was used to high school, college, where you had coaches where they really nurture you and work with you and this and that and not really understanding at the NFL level, it's a business. And, you know, for the coaches, like, we don't have time to hold your hand. We expect you to be up to par on everything we tell you, on, you know, everything that you need to get done, you need to get done. And when you step in this building, you need to be – have all your lifting and stuff done, your condition, you need to be in great shape. You know, and things like that I, I was not accustomed to. And so I kind of felt like uh, the conversations that, the few conversations I had with them at the time uh, didn't amount to anything. I wasn't getting, you know, everything I felt I needed from them. And I think that was just a part of growing up because as the years progressed, I realized what it was I have to do and what position I have to have myself in and can't rely on on anybody else to get me there. That way, when I do step in the building to learn, you know, a new system or new plays, it's just the mental game the 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 book stuff that I need to know, and now I can go out there and play fast, play hard. It
0: had to be fun being a young guy in Chicago. I mean people don't realize like the cubs are popular, the bulls are popular, the hawks are but that town revolves around the bears twenty four seven What was it like living up there being you go anywhere in town you're like, wait a minute, is that you're on the bears holy I mean that you're almost royalty in that town
1: <laughs> right yeah, and I, it was it was, and it was great and and I think for a young guy like myself. Uh, it's a tough situation because you're treated like a God. You're treated like a King. You know, you're coming off a, a two or $300 scholarship check now, and you have a little bit of money in your pocket uh, everywhere you go. People are welcoming you to it. You know, a lot of things you don't have to pay for anything like that. So to me, I mean, it was, it was um, almost the ideal of being what a celebrity is. Right. And, and in the same sense, you lose sense of what you're really there for. And that's to, be a football player to play and, and, and have success in that football realm. So, I mean, it was it was tough, and especially knowing how big the city city Chicago is and everything it has to offer. Um, you know, I just want to see everything, see all the sites experience. So, I mean, it was it was a tough tug of war, but it took me a couple years to really get, get my feet in the ground and understand, you know, all right, now it's time to be mature. Now it's time to be accountable. Some of the things that Coach Pinkle taught us going into my junior and senior year that now, okay, now I have to put in play for myself.
0: And then the Titans come after you, offer you a, a, a big time deal. What? Tell me about that phone call, Jim. The great Jim Steiner, I should say. I don't know if anyone's mentioned he represented Jerry Rice. I don't know if anybody's ever mentioned that. But uh, your agent, Jim Steiner, you get the deal with Tennessee. What's it like when he tells you the numbers involved when he calls and says?
1: Hey, uh, well, it's funny you say that because you know the first thing was was, hey, we've got an offer for you to do a one year deal in, in Tennessee. Uh, in Nashville. And my first thought is, you know, isn't that where country music is? And you know, like I'm not going to Tennessee. Like I'm I'm not leaving Chicago for Tennessee. You know, let's go somewhere else. I didn't just give it a shot. And so ended up going down there and I absolutely fell in love with Nashville. Fell in love with the people, fell in love with the environment, fell in love with the the um Titans in the front office and whatnot. And you know I could not see myself going anywhere else. And so uh, getting an opportunity to play that first year. And understanding at this point in my career going into my fifth season that I'm almost one of the leaders on the team being as far you know as, as far as knowledge and and you know just veteranship goes uh, so I was more of a mature guy at that point in time and and after that first year um, had some success and ended up signing a multi year contract i mean like you said when when those numbers are talking there's 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 no feeling like it i mean you're just you're just speechless. It's, it's like you're just sitting there listening and drooling, and, you know, don't know what to think, don't know what, you know, the next step is. And, you know, all I can just say at that time was just, okay, yes, yes, let's do it, yes.
0: Oh, So I, I forgot that you went there, played a year, then got the bigger offer. So, Do they ever give you a check anymore? It's, it's got to be boring when they just put it in your account. Do they, hand, do they actually hand you a big-time check when you get a bonus?
1: Yeah. Well, no, 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 not like that. So they put it in your account, but they still give you the stub they still give you the stub by mail. So it's it's not an official check at that point. But you can still see the numbers and all that. And, you know, so our big thing was, you know, and, and there would be a lot of jokes in the locker room, but guys will pull out their stubs and you kind of see what they're making on a biweekly basis. And then you see what taxes they're paying. And it's like, oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what about did you hear when, when that, And you know, everybody's, the weird thing about pro sports, everybody's salary is public or whatever any of your teammates or your high school buddies or any texts, he's like, dude, did I, did I read this right?
1: Yeah, no, there, there's a lot of that. And it's a lot of that from friends, from family and whatnot. Uh, but I, I think the, the part that gets misconstrued is, you know, the numbers that you originally see aren't with the taxes, you know, aren't, you know, with that, that every day. So even though you see those big numbers, you're not necessarily getting that kind of money Now you're still getting great money. Don't get wrong, but it's, it's not what you're seeing, you know, through the records.
0: Did you do anything kind of wild or crazy and get a, you know, a decked out Hummer or what, anything, when you got the first big money, did you do anything crazy?
1: I did. I So I did, um, I actually did before I even got drafted, you know, and I I convinced my agent to to get me, a, a, at the time it was an Escalade uh, EXT, so the truck version, um, and I wanted it on 24-inch rims. That was popular at the time. It's not even just rims, but spinning rims, you know, so – Uh, I ended up getting that and, you know, going into my, my rookie year now that I'm looking at my bank account this was, I just had my normal, you know, bank account, every check I got, I just deposited right there in my bank account. So I'm looking at all this money that I've, I've made and, you know, going from a couple hundred dollars a month to now hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's like, wow, I can travel with these, you know, with teammates and stuff. When they go places, I can go here, here, this, this. So Um, I I got real crazy with with spending that that first year and realized by the end of the the season, end of the summer off season, going into that next season, I was almost broke. And I was like, oh, man, I was like, all right, I've got to redo this. I've got to rethink this. And so that's when I started looking into financial advisors and kind of got smart about spending. So that, you know, when I got to Tennessee and got that big contract, it was like, you know what? I'm going to put a lot of this away and just live off, you know, a monthly allowance
0: what was your Jeff Fisher experience like? You go to Tennessee. He's at that point, he's really well established in that town. And I don't want to say Jeff was the
1: unofficial mayor of Nashville, but oh, yeah. he, he loved that role, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was, he was the unofficial mayor, but uh, no uh, coach Fisher. I mean, he he was a great coach, a guy that would, would look out for the players, kind of a uh, player himself. So he understood kind of the, the tri- you know, trials and tribulations that you go through as a player. Um, so, so being with him was, was great. Uh, he, he, He was a competitor himself, but he also kept things real fun and real relaxed. And I think that's one thing that guys really appreciated, you know, after you put in so much hard work and stuff, just having a guy that's going to, you know, throw you a bone and give you a break every now and then.
0: Did you guys connect when he was in St. Louis? He was here for four years. Did you have a chance then to talk?
1: Yeah, I I talked to him a couple of times and, you know, before they went off to L.A., um, and, and kept that relationship. Uh, and since he's been out to L.A. And, and, you know, since retiring and whatnot, I haven't had a chance to speak with him or haven't gotten in touch with him. Uh, but we definitely left our relationship at, at a high note. Were you a Rams fan? Not, I mean, as a
0: kid, you, they would have been getting here right around when you were in high school, right?
1: Right, right, yeah. So um, I wasn't in particular a Rams fan. I was excited when they had the greatest show on turf. Uh, but But throughout my years, there were more so – teams that I'd kind of switch around to. I, I loved Sam Fran when Deion played with San Fran. I loved the Cowboys when Deion played with the Cowboys. Uh, loved the Raiders with Bo Jackson. Loved the, the 85 Bears. You know, so I kind of jumped around, you know, more so off finding players that I, I really enjoyed. Uh, so when the Rams came to town, I was excited about some of the players, but it was, I wasn't a diehard Rams fan. So you've been around all these coaches
0: we've mentioned, you know, big time, big names. Where do you want to take it with coaching? Do you see yourself and you're coaching at the high school level? Do you want to keep going and see where it leads or is it just sort of for fun now?
1: No, no, it's, it's 100% for fun now and just trying to, to help the next generation uh, the best I can with, with the knowledge that I've gained from the sport, you know, over the years and years. And, you know, I feel like the, the last few years I've kind of been away from coaching uh, but but with some of the knowledge I've picked up, I've got to pass that on and, and spread it along. So, no, my my only goals, especially while my kids are still young and in, in school here and in, in town, is just to be a high school coach and, and just try to impact kids the way that my high school coaches impacted me.
0: So if I told the free safety in Jeff City that he'd end up in the NFL being a receiver for eight years, making some good money and playing for some notable coaches, would you have believed it back then?
1: No, absolutely not. No, not at all.
0: And how much fun going back to Mizzou? Because people are like, oh, man, you played basketball here. Like, wait a minute. No, you played football. That's pretty rare for somebody to go back and be remembered for two sports.
1: Right. Well, the, the funny thing is, is there's more people that remember me for just basketball or just football, you know, and, and probably more so with just basketball. And they're like, I, I remember you dove across the floor in the playoffs in the basketball game and and helped save the victory and, you know, whatnot. And it's. You know, I mean, it is exciting to just have those conversations and, and relive some of those memories.
0: Well, and those teams, everybody could score, but not everybody wanted to play defense or dive for the loose balls, right? That's how you
1: are. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Nobody had to do it, right?
1: Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, we we had the ball handlers. We had the scores. And and that was one of the things I missed out, you know, by playing football is, you know, I, I wasn't able to work on my basketball game. So uh, shooting the ball became harder. Dribbling the ball became harder. And, and I think, you know, in high school, you can kind of go from sport to sport and adjust all right. But at college, when guys are, you know, working on one specific sport, you know, year round, it's hard to keep up at that level. And so I just had to find ways to, to help my team out uh, without the ball. And so I, I took pride in that role, knowing that we had guys like Clarence Gilbert and Kareem Rush and Grower and, and Keon Dooley that can put the ball in the hole. It's funny, you mentioned Kareem Rush,
0: and I always kind of looked at him I'm like, he- he kind of reminds you of like an Usher, an R&B star. And like, didn't he end up then he he put out an album, right?
1: He, he did. He put out an album. I think he's still doing some music. I think he's still doing some music. So uh, he's, he's put out a few songs and whatnot. Uh, and, and he's doing some things uh, social media-wise and uh, called Gentleman's Brand. So um, big shout-out to Reem, <laughs>
0: Justin, great to catch up, man. And, and good luck at my alma mater, CBC.
1: All right. hey, yeah, I appreciate it, Martin.
0: And again, what a great hire by CBC to be able to add Justin Gage to the football staff, going to coach the receivers for the cadets. Fascinating career playing basketball and football at Mizzou. All the different coaches, Quinn Snyder, Gary Pinkle, Larry Smith, Jeff Fisher, Lovey Smith. Fun to catch up with Justin Gage. And don't forget, the Quinn Conversation, found regularly at scoopswithdannymack.com. That's where all of the segments are posted, but you can also get it at iTunes and Spotify, and we hope you subscribe. That way, every visit is delivered directly to you. Make sure you sign up for the Kilcoin Conversation. Our next one's going to be with Bob Costas. Really looking forward to that, and we will talk to you again soon. I'm Martin KillCoin, and this has been the KillCoin Conversation.